Hey guys, it's week four of training camp for the LA Rams. We've cut down from 90 to 75 players. Want to find out who got cut? Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Because we're back in Cali. Cali, Cali, Cali. <laughs> we are back in Cali. The St. Louis Rams are now the California Rams. We're back again. Joe and I are here to talk to you guys about hard knocks, all things Los Angeles Rams. I got my Ram blue on. He's got a blue ring, which I just noticed. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that's his Los Angeles Rams blue. Yes, is my star sapphire blue. We are talking about hard knocks. Season 11, episode 4. Cuts have been made. We had to discuss who's been cut, who we think's getting cut next week. And if we can convince uh, Will Hayes that dinosaurs truly exist. <laughs> it's all on the docket today. It's it's all going to happen today. My name's Lindsay Wegner. You guys can tweet me at Lindsay Wegner. And I'm joined by Joe Doyle. Hey, guys. I'm Joe Doyle. You can find me at Jojo Doyle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, you guys, this is technically the last week to be tweeting us. Uh, you know, writing on YouTube, finding us on iTunes, and using your Twitter handle, hashtagging, you know, ABTV Hard Knocks, and letting us know what you guys think about the show, and getting yourself into that giveaway that we are doing. We're giving away this amazing jersey hoodie that Joe tried on in the first episode. It's, Luckily, I had lost enough weight that I fit it, it was, <laughs> but it was perfect. It was like right in there. It's phenomenal. We're also giving away a license plate holder and a signed uh, photo by Vince Ferragamo. All you have to do is just follow us on Twitter, tweet us, let us know your thoughts. The more times you do that, the more times you get thrown in the drawing and you get to win stuff. That's you, right. That's, that's all you have to do. It's easy as pie. It's it's pretty darn awesome. You so, could you could tweet me and say, Joe, I hate your face, or Lindsay, are those real eyes? <laughs> and uh, and you know because they're just oh my goodness, uh, you know, and and that will enter you into the drawing. You guys want to win? This is really 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 cool stuff, and we've been talking about it for the last three weeks. This has been an amazing season, and. Tonight was no different. The only disappointment that we had this week was the fact that the Rams lost to the Broncos. I know. I, I felt I felt like it was going to happen. But I mean, because it was their first away mm-hmm. game. And, you know, up in Mile High City, you know, the air is a little bit different up there. Against the defending champs, they got something to prove. And it's the dress rehearsal game. So the, the ones are getting the most amount of playing time. I don't think they actually played a poor game. No, not at all. I think I think they actually played a, a fairly good game, and especially defensively, for the most part. What did you think overall? I think overall they they, they did pretty good. You know, they dropped some. You know, the yeah, the drop passes, especially at the end. Yeah, but they really needed to convert those. I mean, but that's exactly what they're trying to do here, and that's exactly what they said. in you know, in the episode, is if you don't convert those passes, you're going home. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that's just the the dirty part about it is you know you gotta you gotta make it happen or get out the door. And we open up hard knocks with the offensive team meeting and the defensive team meeting. And Rob Boris, the offensive coordinator, he's still pretty you know positive about the whole game. Where 
we get uh, the defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, and he's just once again ripping them and reaming them, even though they did play a fairly decent game. I mean, this tough love from him is... It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see because I don't... I don't necessarily remember this in different hard knocks, you know, shows. Each coach has their own coaching style. And, I mean, the Rams' defense is definitely on point. I think one of the best in the league. So something is working. Maybe it's just him really trying to, you know, pull out the best qualities or or to see if these newbies and these rookies can can have what it takes. Maybe, Maybe it's that. I'm not too sure. Maybe the regular season he'll, you know, take some you know, like blood pressure medication and, and kind of calm down a little bit, maybe. Well, there's definitely a coach that everybody seems to get along and respect, and that's Rock Gullickson. And what I love about him is the fact that he was obviously in a similar position for the Green Bay Packers from 2006 to 2008. So Brett Favre was, you know, working um, under him and with him and actually uh, won Coach of the Year in 2007. Yeah. So with the Packers, which is, you know, obviously my pride and joy, and Brett Favre had invited him when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame at, you know, in Green Bay. My mom and brother were actually at that uh, game that day when all the fans came to watch Brett Favre play one more time Mm. on Lambeau Field. So it was just like, it was a huge deal. So to have Rock there. And then at, you know, the um, induction earlier this month uh, for Brett Favre and getting to take a few photos with him. I mean, he's just... Yeah. I mean, what a great opportunity to get a shout out from the legend of Brett Favre, you know, in his enshrinement day. You only have Mm -hmm. so many minutes on that podium. And there's so many people that have gone on to help, you know, create a Hall of Famer like Brett Favre. You know, it was really, you know, big honor, I think, to be mentioned, you know, during that during that ceremony. It was really cool for him. And Rock's been with the Los Angeles Rams for or with the Rams for eight years now. So he's been there. He's a, you know, steady part of a team, been with Coach Fisher. You know, so this is they've got a good, I think, camaraderie going. And like uh, Coach Fisher was saying later on, these when it comes to the cuts, he reaches out to Rock to send the guys in um, because he's just somebody that he can trust and and knows will, you know, give it to him straight. Easy, straight. Yeah. No, it's it's true. And and I thought it was interesting because a lot of times in previous seasons, um, I I don't think it was like that. I think people would get a call mm-hmm. and they would like come on in because they they weren't around. Like it for wasn't some during a practice. Yeah, it was almost yeah. as if they were home with their families and had to come in. Which, I mean, I feel like that's just so much worse. You're driving in and knowing your fate. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing to walk 50, 75 feet to go to the coach's office, but to be like, all right, hold on. Hit pause on Stranger Things. Let me get my you know jacket on. Let me go to my car and then drive all the way to the facility. Knowing. Yeah, that, that it's, it's done-zo. Mm-hmm. It'd be tough. Well, Coach Fisher talks a little bit about the game against the Chiefs and the penalties they had. And penalties mean laps. Lots of And running. laps and laps and running. Exactly. And I liked how he called out everyone's number that gets the penalty, too. He's like, this is the number that got the penalty. This is the penalty run. And I wonder if a, a bigger penalty in, in, induced more running. Mm-hmm. Like, if you only had to run to the 25-yard line for a false start. But that personal foul... Uh, you know, you got to run 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. you got to do the field. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear about that, but they were running a lot, and they were not happy about it. Nope. 
Nope, nope. And we still see Keenum's working on his play calling and practicing the calls, which Joe tested me on last week. It's extremely difficult. None of it makes sense. None of it. It's not easy. It's memorizing and just constant, like, repetition over and over and over again. Um, and even uh, the quarterback coach, Wanky, is testing him. And, you know... They're really talking that Goff is not going to take the starting position. I knew it. I, I mean, I don't want to celebrate, but I, I mean, like, I did. I called it. You did. And I was saying there's no way they're going to bring in a number one draft pick and not have him play because history has shown that's not the case. The quarterback always starts. He's just not developing as quickly it seems like as they want him to yeah it's it's hard it's hard to pick up an offense you know going from uh you know like the college to the pros but let alone an offense that goes from spread to under center i imagine that that's one thing that he's having a hard time with and 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 reading the defenses and still calling the plays uh and he needs to gain about 15 pounds of muscle i think that they're really protecting their investment uh, because if you, you know, like sometimes it's out of necessity that you have to throw that number one pick out there just because there literally is nobody else there. And so they did have the luxury of, of Case, who is no Russell Wilson or is no Aaron Rodgers, uh, but he's serviceable. You mm-hmm. know, like, he's not going to go out and make a lot of poor decisions, uh, certainly better than, you know, Sean Hill for the uh, for the for the Vikings right now, you know. <laughs> So it'll be interesting. I think that, you know, maybe we'll see him halfway through the season. Uh, maybe we won't see him until next season. Maybe we'll see him after two games. I mean, obviously we know that worked with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. being on the bench behind Brett Favre. He's come out to be a fantastic quarterback because you learn from the best. Um, obviously I'm not saying that Case Keenum's the best <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, quarterback at this point. But um, I just think that Goff has – a lot of you know learning to do and developing to do and I agree with you and something that my roommate and I actually talk about because my roommate has season tickets to the game and he's just like Goff needs to gain weight he needs to get bigger and seeing him during the game get tossed around so much if he had an extra 15 20 pounds on him he wouldn't go down so quickly right right and, and I don't think I, and I could be wrong I'm not I'm not too sure but I don't think he's that mobile um, of a guy, I you know I certainly haven't seen him you know take off. He's not breaking the play. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's you know quarterbacks like well you know like Dak Prescott. He has a little mobility. Um, there's also uh, you know like another thin guy. You know uh, Robert Griffin the uh, third. You know he's thin, but he has that escapability to, mm-hmm. to go through. So hopefully he can you know go to in and out a couple more times and <laughs> get those double doubles and get a couple pounds on this on that frame. Um, I also thought it was interesting that when Goff called the play wrong, Coach Boris took the heat for it. He was like, what was my fault? Because I wasn't in the huddle. Yeah. Like, that's that's not your fault. He still has to know his job and know what he's doing. And no coach should be coddling him because he didn't get it right. Agreed. I, I completely agree with you. <clears throat> the only thing I don't know is the moment before. Maybe he was having a rough go at mm-hmm. at things, um, and and maybe there was, uh, you know, like a little bit of not necessarily confidence, but a little bit of kind of relief to you know, like okay, Goff is really freaking out right now, even though, you know, like he really did screw that up. Okay, this one's on me. Maybe he's not going to okay. feel as bad. I don't know. I mean, you know, he doesn't really seem that the type of guy that's going to coddle a, a player. 
but who knows maybe maybe he was going through that that practice and he needed a little just a, just a breather for a hot second because he knew knew he screwed it up. Well, we had a little bit of filler come in right after that. Um, Ariel showed up at Ooh. practice, the Little Mermaid, the thirsty uh, thought Ariel for um, William Hayes, our defensive end, our fantastic defensive end who believes in mermaids but doesn't believe in dinosaurs. No. And the poor gal, Brittany, I believe her name was at uh-huh. um, where were they? The Dino Quest tour. Uh, she could not convince him of anything. I mean, he was, like, FaceTiming with Eugene Sims, and he's like, look, this is a dinosaur egg. This is cow dung. Or, not cow dung. It's dinosaur dung. But I don't believe this is it. He, there was no convincing him that dinosaurs existed. I, okay, Hard Knocks producers, why do you insist on every single episode enforcing the fact that these guys are dumb as rocks? Or fossils, or whatever you want to say it. Like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, some of it I've seen in the past. Some of it's really funny. But, golly, that was like 10 minutes of him going through this, like, this place, which was neat. Uh, But he kept on like, nope, that's not real. No, I don't believe you. You believe this stuff? Nope, I'm done. See, now I feel like that's what the snippet at the end should be when they come back and kind of do like a little, it's almost like a gag reel. Yeah, the outtake. Not an actual 10 minutes of time that could be used discussing a player or getting more in depth at a practice and versus talking about dinosaurs, which I mean, I'm all for it. It's exciting. It's, It's a moment to just kind of stop taking notes for a second, actually. Yeah. But... It's it's like give me give me the Stiller. X's and O's yeah give me the X's and O's give me the drama build up you know backstories uh, like Austin Hill uh, you know they're talking <laughs> about Austin Hill and his daughter and getting more playing time and actually seeing the field this past game and then you know like fast forwarding they mention him near the end during you know like right after the cuts because can I can I jump ahead to a little bit to Austin yeah. Hill Austin Hill's a man. He's a grown he's a grown man and because he was like or or he was really really nervous one of the two because every time rock would be starting to walk like around him I saw him and especially that one time he got up and walked directly towards rock I almost mm-hmm. called him the rock uh, <laughs> he rocked he rocked directly towards rock and made eye contact and rock just kept walking to go talk to the other player and then Austin Hill went back to do his thing and I was like man that's that's pretty gutsy you see your future coming right towards you and say, well, let's do this. Exactly. But I think that's the best way to kind of approach it. You see Mm -hmm. some of the guys shying away a little bit or maybe turning the other way where it's just like, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, I I respect. It's already been planned out. There's no stopping it. You know, decisions have been made. I had a lot of respect for Austin Hill. I do too, especially in that scene. And we'll definitely talk more about that and like the setup and the whole editing process of everything because I thought that was really interesting too, Mm -hmm. um, which is obviously kind of what you're bringing up. Um, So Skip, uh, Pete, uh, the running running back coach, um, and Cush, the center, are actually talking about their kids, which is, you know, we saw Cush's kids last week and how they've his family has been moving around a ton trying to find a place from and right now it seems like he certainly does have a place with the Rams yeah um I really do feel like he's he's developing more and more and in the games and keeping um golf a little bit in line too and trying to work with him and get him comfortable which I think is great team camaraderie 
to to have that. You want everyone to succeed and do well. And he wants Goff to do well because he knows he is going to be taking over a position at some point. Yeah, yeah. And, and the center is really the heartbeat of that line. He's It's up to him to communicate all the different protections that he sees and also communicate to the line to figure out what they need to do to kind of make Goff a little bit more comfortable, you know, in the pocket. And so I thought that was really interesting when he went over to him. And even though he didn't miss his assignment, obviously someone did. And so he went up to him and said, hey, what's what's going on? Talk to me. What do we need to do for you? Cush uh, isn't, after all, all about uh, tank tops. He's got no. a, little more, a little more up there to him, and I like that. Although, you know, offensive uh, line coach Paul Boudreaux uh, thinks he's got a little bit of dirt bag yeah, in him. Yeah, you need that dirt bag Not, on the line. N- like, that's an anywhere else. That would be such an insult to somebody. But here, it's actually kind of good. It's a little bit of a scrap to him. But he's also got a little bit of a problem, they said, with focusing. Um, but he's got good size. He's a good anchor for the team and can play his position well. Yeah, you need that You need that dirtbag style. You need to really set set the tone up front. And he's, he's the leader of that line, so he needs to do the exact same thing, set that tone. Speaking of scrappy... Let's talk about Tavon Austin. Yes. All 5'8 of him, or 5'9 of him, who plays like a 6'3 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, getting in, who's he? who did he get in? He picked a fight with uh, William Hayes. Kind of joking play fight. And I thought it was hilarious that the defensive tackle Eastley was like, dude, why are you so little? Like, <laughs> you're picking thing. up, like, I'm just going to say, why are you so little? Really? That's what you're doing right now? Yeah. Because, like, what, what, what's going to come of it, you know, except for hyping people up? But Hayes looked like by the end of it, he was like, no, get out of my face, man. This is enough. And obviously it was big talk this week that he signed a $42 million four-year contract with the Rams right before Saturday's game against the Broncos. Yeah. Obviously they see big things for him this year. I see over 100 catches this year for him breaking some sort of record for the Rams. He better. Um, and that also means that he's a good fantasy pickup. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of fantasy, the, you know, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings, and football is your passion. You know all the players and teams, their strengths and weaknesses. Now put all that knowledge to the test and play for your shot at the $1 million top prize at DraftKings.com. It's just part of the $5 million in total prizes they're doling out in this week one contest. DraftKings.com is the destination for one-week fantasy football. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your players, and follow your team live. Renew old rivalries by challenging friends and family in a private league to prove that you're the superior GM or join an existing league and go head-to-head with your friends, coworkers, and fantasy players from all across the country. Hurry to DraftKings.com now to choose your players and you could seriously cash in week one. Use code BUZZ and play for free with your first deposit. That's code BUZZ to play for free for your share of the $5 million in total prizes in this week one contest. Only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. So who's your sleeper pick in uh, your fantasy this year? I know you haven't drafted yet. Neither of us have drafted. Yeah, yeah. Haven't drafted yet. Um, you know, there's the sleepers. I... It's 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 tough stuff. I I don't I don't really have a, an exact sleeper yet, but I might say Dak Prescott might impress. Okay, I'll say I'll I'll I'll, I'll throw that out there. I'll throw that out there. Dak Prescott, I, I've seen a lot of him play, and 
I think he's better than expected. I think he's better than expected, and I think there's not going to be a lot of drop-off uh, as, as long as he continues to get that protection that he needs. So, yeah, that's that's my... Dak Prescott, all right. Yeah, I mean... Guys, two, you, you heard it first. Two quarterback <laughs> leagues, two quarterback leagues, you know. You might... Don't draft him in, like, the first, like, top... Don't no, draft don't him, draft in, like, him the in the first back, round. Yeah, or the first, the first couple, five yeah. rounds. Like, wait until... If you need a good backup, you know, pick him up. And then, you know, see what see what he starts doing and then, you know, figure out with him later. You've got your draft on Sunday? Yeah, draft on Saturday. Oh, you draft on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Draft on Saturday, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't know. I'm not – okay, I'm going to come out and say it. I'm not drafting Tavon Austin. No. No. I'm not going to draft Tavon Austin. Why? Because, like, he, he continues to show a lot of uh, – you know he's he hyped up a lot of promise you know that's the word I'm looking for he shows a lot of promise he's got the, the the skills and the talent but I just don't see this offense running the way that I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunity he hasn't proved it in the past mm-hmm. like I thought personally that the contract that he signed was a lot of money with not a lot of production mm-hmm. you know um, as what the coaches were saying and right stuff. yeah that it's like wow they're going to have to go for it but also it's the best option they have right now. So they mm-hmm. got to lock him down for some sort of money. And hopefully this is going to be a year like Russell Wilson's last year after he signed that monster contract to go out and say, I'm worth every bit of that money you just paid me. So maybe I'm wrong. But I think with Todd Gurley right there, uh, taking a lot of the a lot of the reps, uh, hopefully, well, you know. We'll I see. mean, he's, I think right now he is, if you're, in your, if you're drafting, if you've got more than eight people in your league, if if you haven't drafted in the first five, you're not getting Todd Gurley. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. he's going in the first, second, third, fourth. Like, there's no way that he's going to make it anywhere past that. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think right now a lot of uh, you know like the trend in fantasy this year is is leaning towards those wide receivers, but after the first four. Or three, I think Gurley's going to start popping up. So he's not making it past the first round. They always say wide receiver, but it always comes back down to the running backs making the points. And I like to, when I do it, I like to have, you know, a team, which for the Packers, it's like Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, like that's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem with the Packers is that there's so many different wide receivers that Jordy Nelson could have a crappy game and Randall Cobb could have a great game. Right. Where with Case Keenum and Tavon Austin, Tavon Austin's probably going to have a good game. There's not really going to be any other wide receivers that are going to be having as great a game as he is. Right. Unless it's just an unlucky week. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, Tavon Austin is the undisputed number one wide receiver on this team. Mm-hmm. 100%. I just, you know... I don't know if he's going to be able to get the opportunity to, you know, make a lot of yards after the catch, get that yak going, you know. I'm so excited. I've got my draft this Sunday with all my coworkers, my all my male coworkers from one of my bartending jobs. And we all talked crap to each other last year and talked about who we were doing. And now we're all playing together. And I'm super excited. It's my first time playing with all of them. So nice. Nice. I'll, I'll keep all of you posted if any of you care. We, you can tweet me later on this season and see how I'm doing in my fantasy football league, and let's hope that I'm kicking seven boys' butts yeah. real bad. Now, who who is your... 
it's on. <laughs> Who, who's a, a player that you're targeting? Maybe not first, but a player that you like I going into it. I really think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a great choice. I think he's going to do well. I think he's not someone that you need to pick up right away, kind of like a mini sleeper pick. And uh, I think he could have a really, really good season. All right. We both we both went Dallas. I Yeah. We both went Dallas. That's, that's good stuff. See, now if we teamed up... Then you have the two guys together scoring double points. You know, the only time that doesn't work is when you have Eli Manning because Eli Manning ruins everything. It's true. I'll agree with you on that. He ruins everything in my fantasy football. I don't ever draft him anymore. Oh, I just thought you meant in life. but fantasy Oh, in football. life too, pretty much. <laughs> but, okay, let's actually talk a little bit more about Hard Knocks, you guys. Let's Sorry to, uh, you know, fall off, fall off the... Uh, the wagon here a little bit. So we see now uh, they get they jump to a couple fights breaking out in uh, practice. Maurice hits Pharaoh uh, Cooper it was actually a good hit, um, but then Ogletree uh, hits Cunningham, who Cunningham goes back after Ogletree because that was a nasty hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fight breaks out. Then Ogletree hits Gurley, which they all told him don't you can't hit. 30. Girly. Yeah. Uh, another fight. Then there's punches thrown between Chubb and at Reynolds, the running back. I mean, this was just, and this is normal. Yeah. This is normal in football. The guys want, in practice, they're not on, they don't, they don't want to, they don't like each other. They're, they're against each other. Yeah. Until the game comes and they're rooting for their defense to stay on track or their offense to keep up, keep moving the ball forward. They don't get along during practice. So this is normal. But when it ruins your practice and it takes away from you actually getting those reps in and these young guys that are rookies that are getting into these fights that are taking away from opportunities to be seen and be playing, it's a waste of your time. It is. It is. Because the only thing that's going to come of it is you're going to break your hand on someone's helmet because those guys aren't taking their helmets Throwing off. Throwing punches. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's the thing that's ridiculous. Like, you know, you can't you can't do that. You just, you got to play smart. You have to play smart, especially going down to the wire like this, making it past the first cuts. All right, you almost have a job in the league. Don't mess it up by thinking that one guy gave you a little cheap shot. Well, and clearly Goff's smart because he stays out of it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. It was like a little bit of a Sally moment for me. I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, because I He mean, tried to come off cool. Yeah, he did. He did, <laughs> but he's, he sounded like he was a punk. I mean, like, I understand. Now, <laughs> I, I don't do. blame him. Stay out of the fray. Don't get hurt. You're the number one quarterback. You know, like, you know, he's talking about in college. You know, he was the man. Don't get into that. But you can't say that to your teammates like that. You got to be able. They got to think you're going to war with them. Like you know, if 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 all of a sudden his offensive lineman gets in a fight, if I was the offensive lineman, I would love to see Jared Goff get in the mix and push the guy and defend me, even yeah. though I'm way bigger and I don't need defending. Because like, they're going to end up defending you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they it's all about. They protect their quarterback. Yeah. So if it ever came down to it, someone's going to protect him. It's a band of brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as cliche as that might sound, it, it truly is. And and they got to be able to ride or die. We did get to see uh, Austin Hill, right? Austin Hill? Yeah. Okay. We did get to see him spend a little time with his girlfriend, Valerie, and his daughter, Rylan, at the aquarium. And they're, you know, so glad to see him finally play, skipping ahead a little bit. So glad to see him finally getting to play and get some, you know, catching the ball this last game. I mean, Big that time. needed to happen if he's going to stay on the team, especially against McRoberts. It's one of them's going to get cut. Yeah. They're both not going to make the team. Yeah, and there's, the room is really, you know, like full of a lot of players. They already got, you know, like Farrell Cooper's on the squad, even though he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's going to be retained on the squad. And Tavon Austin's 
making it and Kenny Britt's Kenny making Britt. it. Mm-hmm. And so there's Brian th- Quick. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, he had a good game. Mm-hmm. That's four. So you can't keep more than six. Nelson Spruce, we heard nothing of him. Mm-mm. So pretty sure that uh, when cuts come next week, he is going to be an easy one. As much as we were kind of rooting for him after that first monster game, but yeah, yeah. Um, and we can't forget to mention, since we live in Los Angeles, seventy six dollars being spent at In and Out. That is impressive. That's impressive. I mean, hey, for four people. Yeah, like those burgers are like two bucks, three bucks. You get it. Yeah. Get it. Uh, so uh, Coach Fisher mentions, like, the cuts aren't easy. Um, you know, you're either practicing and moving forward to be better or be on the practice squad, or you're moving on to something else, or your career is done altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk a little bit about Tavon Austin and the business aspect kind of behind it. And like you said earlier, they're talking – He's not really as productive as this deal is worth. They're talking about money that Julio Jones is getting. And like you said, I don't think that he has the skill level that Julio Jones or Jordy Nelson or, you know, I mean, I guess you could kind of compare him to Eric Decker a little bit. I could I could compare him to Eric Decker, but um, Eric Decker is not the number Cruz, one. Vince Cruz, I mean, mm-hmm. the... He, I don't know. Yeah, it's really strange that that you got to retain him. You got to keep the players. Maybe he's going to have a huge because this is what is I think four uh, fourth year in the league. Let me double check. Um, Yeah, fourth year in the league. And so you know, usually they say that the wide receivers kind of start to make the jump around like year two, year three. You know, maybe we had a little bit injury problems at the beginning. Maybe this could be his breakout year, and he could show us what's up. I mean, well, maybe. I hope so. Yeah. I, like I said, I was predicting 100 catches this year. So yeah, if he he needs 100 catches if he to, needs to 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 prove that that deal and contract was worth it. Mm-hmm, because absolutely. All next thing you know, Farrell Cooper starts flashing next season. They'll cut Tavon to save mm-hmm. the uh, the cap space. Yep. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner, the cornerback, who's five eight. They were talking about that he's one of the best um, press coverage guys. I wrote down, I'm like, he's not Charles Woodson. True. He's not Charles Woodson. True. Um, But he's also got a little scrap in him. He got kicked out of the game. Uh, The Chiefs, against the Chiefs, for fighting in the end zone, um, got fined this last week then. I don't know what the fine was, but he definitely did get fined. Um, He was the 2009 Defensive High School Player of the Year. So, I mean, he's... I definitely see him as being a great asset for the team, and hopefully he could be picking off passes like Charles Woodson is and making, you know, getting touchdowns and stuff. And because of his press coverage, that's an option. Yeah, yeah, it is. For him. Um, He just needs to be available and not get kicked out of games. And Greg Williams made a really good point saying, you know, I have a tough time walking away from confrontation too. But you have to. Mm -hmm. During the game, you have to. Yeah. There's, Don't get caught in the fray. You're taken out. You're not getting the plays. You're not getting the reps. You're not going to make the team. And you can't help the team when you're not on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like, he was pouting. Yeah. During practice. Yeah. What are you, Des Bryant? <laughs> get no out kidding. of here. Like that boy, yeah, he needs to grow a little bit more um, and understand that, you know, like in preseason, maybe he's not getting reps because the coaches have seen what they needed to see and they don't need to see his reps anymore because he's doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, or or maybe it's the flip side. Nope, sorry, it's not going to work. But from the praise that they've gotten so far that we got to see on him, it seems like he's doing great. Let's you know, like use this opportunity for these young bucks to fight out 
you know, that last couple spots on the roster. But he still needs to show leadership and not sit on the sidelines yeah, and pouting and throwing time. his gloves. And and then and the, the coach was like, DB coach was like, that's what you're going to do? Yeah. That's how you're going to be? Wilson, I think that was Coach Wilson. Yeah. Right? And, and he was just like, yep, that's how I'm going to be. Like... What are you, five? Yeah, this is a man's game. It's not a boy's game. Uh, we see, we have a little meeting led by Fisher, who's calling out uh, fast, and he comes in on a surfboard, uh, you know, with the special teams guys, and they're playing a little bit of Jeopardy. A little brevity and the, you know, like, you know, I'm, tensions are high. Bring it down a little bit. Bring some lightheartedness to it. Game. Have some fun. Spell some Spell words. Spell some words. You know, I was the fifth grade uh, spell... Spelling bee champion. Whoa. I was. Pretty did you ever make the ESPN? I can't no, no? I can't okay. remember what word I lost at state, but I lost at state oh, man. for a word and I can't remember what the word was. You'd think that I would remember it because it would like, haunt me for the rest of my existence, you know. Yeah. Um like that one yard line that the Seahawks yeah. couldn't get through to that second Super Bowl just haunting you. Um, so they do have, um, they do do some spelling. We get fajita spelled wrong. Uh, we get lasagna spelled wrong. We do get quesadilla spelled correctly. All right. Here's the thing. I, I put you on the spot last week with that play call. Give me a word to try and spell. Encyclopedia. Okay. Here we go. E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A. And then you say inside you say encyclopedia. encyclopedia. So, yes. Yes. Yay. He got it. You threw the Ta da. You threw that at me and I panicked <laughs> a little bit. I got I'm I got a little That's my word to throw out there. Because it's it's a fairly it's, it's, I like to call it a twenty five cent word. It's a yeah. nice good word. Yeah. Um and it's got some tricks into it. Whew. You passed. Barely. I did not pass the play call last <laughs> week, but you passed. Um so we get to Denver, Colorado. We see Paul McRoberts, the wide receiver who had lost his stepbrother just a few weeks earlier, hanging out with his girlfriend. They get a poem written for them. We do get to see a little bit of a downtime with everybody. They're at the Rams team hotel. We see Tavon Austin signing the contract. So excited. Um, and when he gets to the game, he goes and hugs uh what is this? Cronky? Stan Cronky. Stan yeah. Cronky. Um, the owner and just says, Thank you for changing my life. Yeah. This is life changing for him. And and I did and I thought that was cool. You know, like you gotta I mean he The respect. Yeah, he's the guy that pays your <clears> bills, <throat> so you know, like it get a little FaceTime with the big cheese, you know? And during the game we're seeing Keenum is definitely starting. Von Miller is just taking him down. Oh, man. He's like, that guy's quick. He is. Um, but what I did not like was Akeeb Talib lowering his shoulder and just you know what you, okay, no go ahead no go ahead. what what do you think here's here's what i think now he was right at the right on the line he was obviously going out of bounds but he, and and they obviously you know they threw the flag so it was a foul however he was not yet out of bounds and it's the same kind of thing with you know the same thing with RG3 if you're going to go out of bounds then Cut out of bounds immediately or slide. One of the two. But that boy was still in play when that hit was hit. Don't you, you know, think that he could have done this? That's no. Instead of lower of a shoulder and do it? Uh, who, who, who's to say he, he didn't? He wasn't going to juke him? You know, like, I mean, I mean, preseason is true, but 
I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't have... In, in case got up, it was a hard hit, but yeah. he got up. So, I mean, it was right here on the shoulder pads. I felt like, unless he landed wrong or, or funny, mm-hmm. that it was just a good, a good hard hit. play and remind him, get out... Don't don't take any yards on us. If you're gonna get if you're gonna go out of bounds, go out of bounds immediately, you know, or throw the ball away or do something, you know. I mean, he was you know past the line of scrimmage, so he couldn't throw the ball away at that point. But you better be ready to slide. That's the Broncos. Their defense is fierce, <laughs> and you better watch out because you also might get shot in the leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Case ended up with. Um... 8 out of 12 completions for 77 yards. Goff ended up with 4 out of 12 for 45 yards. I mean, and he just looked messy. Yeah. He just could not do anything in his parents sitting there watching. And it was was difficult to watch. Yeah. I mean, and and thanks. Because I don't want to see him struggling. No, and I don't want to see him get hurt. And and thankfully, you know, like they did review that play where um, his knee brace got caught. Mm -hmm. And And he slid and it was. Yeah. Like, oh, that was that that was a little scary. But I'm glad that it was his knee brace and nothing with his knee. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what it's there for is to help, you know, like protect it. Um, But But that was awkward, too. Yeah. It was like he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. I I just I, I don't. I really hope that he gets it soon because the Rams gave up a lot to go up and get mm-hmm. him. I mean, a lot. And they could, I mean, Carton, Carson Wentz is no better off at this point. He's injured. But, you know, like, that was a king's ransom to get him. We saw a lot of great defensive plays stopping Alec Ogletree, stopping that touchdown mm-hmm. in that first half. Um, the defense actually coming together. Aaron Donald making plays. He's and man. Cody Davis picking off the ball. You know, for that almost in the end zone one that I can't remember who hit um, the Bronco that the ball kind of flew off and Cody Davis got it. Yeah. I mean, those were some really, really great defensive watching the defense and knowing they're doing a good job and coming together. I mean, by what halftime it was, you know, six and oh with two field goals. Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, by the way, Aaron Donald in two years has had 38 tackles for a loss for 166 yards and 20 sacks. In two years. He's a beast. He's a beast. There's there's no way around it. Like, I, I, I can't think of a better tackle in the league right He's now. He's the second best in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Dom Sue maybe. You know, maybe, probably. He's, I, yeah, I know you hate you, him. You know, I have But dead gum, he's so good. Um, he, but yeah, he's he's top three. Like, I won't even say top five. He's top three. Like, and he's scary. He's a bad man. Mm-hmm. So Virgil Green brought it to six to seven um, with a touchdown. Uh, Zerlin got another field goal, and then um, in third quarter, Hillman ended up with that touchdown for the Broncos, mm-hmm. and that's where it stayed. There yeah. was no scoring in the fourth quarter at all. I mean, the Broncos held them for making plays. Uh, we did have LaMarcus Joyner back in, having passion and control and being excited about being in the ga- back in the game. And it held that huge Bronco wide receiver. I mean, he just looked teeny next to him. Yeah. But pulled him down. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. I mean, he really he went for the ball, and I think that it was just a matter of that that, that Bronco receiver at that point was just trying to hold on to the ball and forget about his legs, and, and it worked great. It worked great. Joyner showed a lot of promise and a lot of he flashed a lot. He's going to be a force. Do you think that Seau is going to make the team after seeing him in this last game against the Broncos? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say no. 
I, I think that he had a, he showed a good game the previous game. He showed an okay game, you know, this game. But I think that there was there's more better than neg- there's more positive than negative coming out of Seau's corner. Um, I think that you know he could really continue to improve greatly. But I think that he's gonna make the squad at some point, uh, whether it's you know in a backup position or you know if he clears waivers. Uh, to go on to the practice squad. I, I think he's a good player, and I think that the Rams want to keep ties with him. I just don't know if he's ready to necessarily contribute right away. Mm-hmm. And we got to see McRoberts and Hill both going in for you know repetition. And you know, here's what I think. If somebody can be on the special teams, they're going to keep that guy over just a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So when you see McRoberts get that punt return or the kick return, he has a better opportunity to make the team than Hill does. Big time. Even though Hill didn't get targeted in that last um, drive for that touch, which, I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered, but right. didn't even make that effort, or he didn't get an, an opportunity. They never threw to him for that last final drive. Yeah, and versatile players are going to be rewarded in this league. You know, if you can do, you know, like two, three, four different things, two, three, four different positions – that's that's amazing. And so to be able to return those kicks, that's a very, very good thing to have on your squad and on your side. Well, they also had Hemingway, who missed two catches. So that's another wide receiver on the team mm-hmm. that's not really doing anything. So I think, you know, these three guys, Hemingway, McRoberts, and Hill, are all going to be fighting for one final position because I think they've got enough wide receivers otherwise. Yeah, I, I, I think they do. Um, I think that Tamaric, he also plays a little bit of tight end, you know, but mm-hmm. he was... He was, you know, lining up on, you know, on the outside a lot like uh, the Saints used Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. in those situations. Yeah. And so that might be the one good thing that Tamaric has gone to for keep. him. Exactly. Is is that he has that vers- versatility like you were speaking of. Um, but, you know, who, who's who knows? Who knows? Well, let's talk about cut day since we only have a few minutes left. Um, the thing that I loved about watching the cuts for the Rams was how understanding and compassionate Jeff Fisher was. We've seen for 11 seasons, 10 previous seasons, the cuts being made. And in my opinion, the last few seasons that we've been talking about here at AfterBuzz, they haven't been this knowing that these people have feelings, that these guys have feelings and families and stuff. I really, really felt like they did a great job of showing how important it is to do this kindly and gracefully. Yeah, oh yeah, because here's the thing, you know, who's to say that they're not going to be back in a different, you know, capacity, you know, whether it's on the practice squad or or 3 years down the mm-hmm. line, you know, they could develop to a great player and then bring them back in, you know. So so I think that it's it's smart of Fisher to, you know, understand that and and to know that, you know, it's not always, you don't always got to be like, you know, all the and time. And show interest in what they're doing after. Like the uh, Taylor Bertlett, the rookie kicker, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go back to school for sports psychology. You know, and what, and who is it? Uh, Brian Folkerts and Zach Colvin. Uh, Zach Colvin had actually asked if he would, st- if he could, you know, potentially play on another team. And Fisher said, if you keep working hard, it's totally possible. I mean, if it doesn't happen in the next year, it's, 
probably not going to happen. But I like them asking because that's something I would want to know. Is it worth it for me to keep going out and trying this or is this a lost cause? Should I go and do something else? Right, right. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's good to know. It's good to get that evaluation. You know, maybe a year in the CFL will be good. Maybe you're just, you know, maybe you should just be work on being a coordinator. And as you had said earlier, you know, we saw Hill continue to make eye contact with Rock throughout the whole cutting, you know, montage of things, which I thought they really made it suspenseful doing like the passes with the camera and guys. And you didn't know if Rock was going to somebody and then he'd turn and the music, everything about it. And luckily Hill was safe. And it was interesting because they even... Rock even asked, why do you keep looking at me? Yeah. Dude, you guys, you're all clear. And they said, well, you're like the Grim Reaper today. Yeah, Dude, yeah, he really You're bringing was. the bad news. We're, we're either staying or going. Um, so I definitely felt like the cuts this year, I felt a little bit more emotional about them. Even though I really wasn't connected to any of the players that have gotten cut so far, I felt a little bit more emotion behind it. Yeah, I agree. And I wish... I wish that we were more connected to players. Austin Hill, I feel very connected yes, to Yes, but he wasn't cut. Right. I, I, and I'm surprised. I feel more connected to him than I thought that I, I mm-hmm. previously was. I thought he was you know, kind of a whiner a little bit earlier yeah. on. Uh, but then I was like, oh, okay, no, this is the real deal. So, yeah. Marquez North was the only player that I really had seen anything about previously. Um, and I don't know why, but I, I, had, I had him written down somewhere. Um, And, you know, Greg Williams, it comes back to him saying, you know, every day is an interview. Um, It's a short turnaround. you got to get ready to play and understand that this is business. That's all that it is. It's business. Mm -hmm. And you have another week to get better. So there's your pep talk. you got to get better by next week. And and another uh, cut, notable cut was uh, Quentin Couples. Um, He got cut. He's a a veteran. He's been in the league for a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I think that this was an opportunity for him to land on a different squad. Yeah. Sometimes they do that with those veterans that they'll cut them early. mm -hmm. Yeah. He's got another opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, I know that he's, you know, done really good in the past. So hopefully he gets another landing spot and continues to contribute. So next week we cut down to 53 players. They are playing in Minneapolis. They're playing the Vikings. Who's they lost Teddy Bridgewater this week. Uh, What uh, do you think the Rams are going to come out on top? I think they are. I think, I think so they too. are. I think that that I think the Vikings right now are reeling uh, on that non-contact injury uh, to Teddy Bridgewater, dislocated, uh, you know, knee with the ACL. Um, I think the team is just kind of like we don't know what we're going to do, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to figure it out fast. But I don't know if it's going to be fast enough before the Rams come to town. Do you think? Who do you think's getting cut? McRoberts or Hill? I'm going to say right now. Watching and seeing McRoberts go in for the special teams, mm-hmm. McRoberts is staying. Hill is going. I think, I think, mm, yeah, I I think that's true. I think that's true. I mean, unless they were just kind of throwing out McRoberts to see if he could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game, Saturday's game, will let us know more. Like we can't make that prediction essentially right now because right. I want to see what happens in that game. Who's getting you know targeted? Who's making the plays? Who's pushing in practice to get it. No, I, I agree. Hill's closer to the bubble. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys, we are bringing you the final episode of Hard Knocks next week. 
So if you want to talk to us about your predictions or anything you think is going on, and remember, we've got that giveaway, so make sure that you're following us on Twitter and tweeting us. Joe, where can they find you and talk to you about who's getting cut, who's staying, all the things, hard knocks? Hit me up at Jojo Doyle, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tweet me, guys. Do it. And this is Lindsay here. You guys can tweet me. Instagram, me, Facebook, me, all things at Lindsay Wegner, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-W-E-G-N-E-R, or my blog, lindsaywegner.blogspot.com. We'll see you next week for the final Hard Knocks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 